Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At its most critical, what is India facing today, Joanna? As far as the second wave of COVID is concerned, how many are ill, seriously ill, and how many people are dying? Well, what we're seeing here in India right now is a staggeringly large second wave of uh, coronavirus cases. We've written that it's less like a wave and more like a wall because the line goes just straight up. Uh, In the last 24 hours, India added more than 330,000 new infections. That's a record in the pandemic. No country so far has ever added so many cases in such a short period of time. Uh, About 2,200 people died in the same period. Uh, That's not as much as what we saw in uh, Brazil and the United States at various points, but everyone believes here that that the official numbers are really vast undercounts, so it's hard to to say where it really falls uh, in in the global rankings. You write that India's current COVID crisis is a major reason for the global climb in COVID cases. One in three new cases occurs in India. Could you speak to that, please? That's correct. India is is, uh, the major force behind uh, the fact that we're we're once again recording as many cases as we ever have uh, in the pandemic. So um, it's not exactly where anyone wanted to be now, let's say, 16 months uh, after this uh, virus uh, emerged. So uh, a few months ago, if we go back to the to January and perhaps February of this year, situation seemed to be, if not under control, certainly far better and uh, seemed to be approaching, a, a, it's hard to say this during a pandemic, but a, a tolerable level as far as infections are concerned when you have uh, a, m- a massive capacity to create vaccines. That's, that's correct. That's correct. In, in the number of cases in India fell to a very low number in February. Uh, in January, uh, less than 10,000 a day. And antibody surveys appeared to show that a large proportion of people in cities had been exposed and India started its vaccination campaign. And as you noted, India is a major vaccine manufacturer. So at first glance, it wouldn't appear to have uh, supply constraints. But it seems that with the society effectively opening up entirely uh, and resuming life more or less as normal, combined with new variants, that those two things uh, together uh, appear to have set the stage for the tragedy that we're now uh, witnessing uh, every day. You know, I think um, the government certainly uh, has been complacent uh, it, there's a state under election, election underway that's very important for the ruling party, that's the Bharatiya Janta Party, uh, and they have shown uh, no desire to cut back on campaigning. You know, earlier this week, uh, even as uh, sorry, last week now, um, I, even as I was interviewing someone who was telling me about people who were dying at home because they were unable to get hospital care. You know, the prime minister was conducting massive rallies. Now, obviously, India is a big country like Canada. There are different things happening in different places, but, you know, it sends a message. And we know that if COVID is spreading in one part of the country, it will eventually make it to the entire country. And uh, and I think it's 
that's that's where we are right now, which is uh, disastrous. Yeah. Would you share with us what the reality is as far as the healthcare system in India is concerned and uh, what's happening at the hospitals? I just read a story earlier today about a critical shortage of oxygen. Well, the healthcare system is is buckling. There's no other word for it in large parts of the country here in the capital, in Delhi, uh, in the state of Maharashtra, in the state of Uttar Pradesh, uh, India's largest state, uh, in the state of Gujarat in the West. So here in Delhi, the top elected official has warned of imminent oxygen shortages. Several hospitals have said they are hours away from running out so far you know, utter catastrophe has been avoided sort of uh, at the last minute. But, you know, we, you know, we've talked to people who, whose families members are dying at home because they couldn't get a hospital bed. And you see footage of people dying outside room inside. And we've died inside hospitals because there aren't enough ventilators. So people are dying because there is a lack of medical care right now. And that's what it means when a health system is utterly overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us, please, about, and you may have been referencing this gentleman a few minutes ago, but would you tell us, please, about Mohammad Shahzad and his family and what happened to them? Yeah. So uh, we wrote about uh, their family because it was just so emblematic of the absolutely frantic struggle that so many people are facing now uh, in trying to get hospital beds. So uh, this uh, 40-year-old man, he's an accountant. Uh, He had a fever and began to have uh, trouble breathing. His oxygen levels fell to a dangerous level, um, and his wife took him to a hospital. The hospital checked his oxygen but said, we have no beds. Uh, She spent the next four hours Uh, running from hospital to hospital, trying to get him a bed. There were no beds. So she took him home, hoping that he would get better. And at 3.30 in the morning, with him struggling to breathe, she called an ambulance. And the ambulance came, and the ambulance driver said, do you really need this oxygen? Because if not, I I need to be careful with how much oxygen I, I use. I mean, ultimately, in his case, he found a hospital bed, which in this case, in these days, is a is a happy ending, even if it took an inordinate amount of time and an absolutely um, frightening amount of effort by his family to get him there. And we were in touch with actually the family later, and, and luckily he he appears to be all right. So again, that's 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 a relief. But there are so many other people for whom the story is is ending quite differently. Yeah, uh, the. Uh Serum Institute in India produces, I believe, some 2.4 million vaccine doses per day. And uh, and we've been hearing that that's not nearly enough. And India is now holding on to supply for domestic use. Uh, what is the vaccine supply situation like? Well, India has, as I mentioned, a very uh, large and robust vaccine manufacturing industry. Serum Institute of India is by you know, it says that it makes, you know, the largest number of vaccines by volume uh, in the world. Uh, and yet the amount of supply that India has right now is is not enough for India. So there, 
I'm sure there's going to be a lot of time spent on why that's the case, why Serum Institute, it's effectively Serum Institute is the, the manufacturer for India's vaccine program. There's also another vaccine, but it's being used in an indigenously developed vaccine, but it's being used in very small uh, amounts. So basically what happens to Serum Institute, whatever Serum Institute is capable of producing, that is what is available to India. And for various reasons, its capacity right now is not enough to meet uh, India's demand, let alone all the commitments that Serum has made to uh, programs outside India. And that includes COVAX, you know, the World Health Organization initiative to uh, distribute vaccines equitably to countries around the world. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.